0: Welcome to the Ghost Hunting Society and other phenomena, Season One, Episode Two. I'm here again this week. It's Damon with uh, Nick, Twang, and Marie. How are we doing, guys? Good.
1: Good. Good, Thanks.
0: Yeah. What we've been up to this week?
1: Me, mainly being ill. Oh, of course,
0: you were poorly, weren't you? Yeah. During a ghost hunt, yeah.
1: During an investigation, yeah, but had to send people home, not very well.
0: But this was just a bug. There was nothing affecting. <laughs> not okay, that, okay. That, that was not possessed. Spell. It That's was spell.
1: just you know, you can, a bug.
2: Uh, hang on, though. Can you remember what I said to you before we started? About what? Oh, something's going to affect you tonight. Oh,
1: you did. You did. I'm, yeah. I'm,
2: very interesting.
1: Okay, yeah, so it's, yeah.
0: ne- it's Twang's fault then that you, you became ill. Oh,
1: but it is now, yeah. Something <laughs> yeah. like that,
0: yeah. And how are you doing, Nick? You alright, mate? Alright, yeah. Just work, work, work. Work, work, work. Alright, okay. Uh, last week we did uh, episode one. And we briefly just talked about the guys who were part of the Ghost Hunting Society and Other Phenomena. And we said that the week after, which is this week, we were going to get a guest on and we're going to go and start with a bang. Because uh, the gentleman I'm going to introduce you all to now is a a guy that I saw originally, I think it was around about February 2021. And uh, this person was on GMTV talking to Holly and Phil. And that gentleman was Father Jason Bray. How are we doing, Jason?
3: Hi, how are
0: you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, me and yourself have spoken before, obviously. Uh, we had a bit of a That's chat. Right, yeah. uh, I think we have to speak yeah. for, for a couple of hours. and um, Fascinating conversation. <laughs> the guys sat around the table know very little about yourself, and we do that deliberately because then they can obviously ask the questions that we hope the audience want to ask because it's inquisitive minds. So, um, Yeah,
3: sure.
0: If you can then, Jason, just start off. With, uh, first of all, are you okay with being called Jason?
3: Yeah call me Jason, yeah,
0: fantastic. Oh, okay, could, could we just start then with a little bit about your life and kind of what got you to be part of the church for for start off, like it, what was life like for a young Jason?
3: Right, I first got into um, this sort of thing, ghostbusting, whatever you want, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, after I was ordained, been ordained now for about 25 years and uh, when you're ordained uh, they basically provide you with a house. So I'm currently sitting in a <clears throat> quite a big house. It's um uh it's a vicarage, but when you're starting off, obviously they you know, they start you off with a uh, a much smaller house. Uh and the house we um um you know, sort of house we were living in when I was a curate, um as you're called when you when you're first ordained. Um it was sort of nice, it was sort of small, it was um you know, it was okay. And uh, but the first time we saw it we thought, well actually this is a really cold, dark house. Um, but then it was January. So we thought, well, you know, pretty much any house is cold and dark in January and we didn't think anything of it. And then it had been empty for about a year. So, um, they decorated it for us, which was really nice of them. And uh, then we moved in at the end of June and the house was still cold and dark in June. And we thought "Ah, it's cold and dark because it's been empty now for 18 months. And, uh, you know, the heating hasn't been on properly. It, it, it'll just take a while to warm up. And it was sort of, um, you know, the brickwork was um, was cold if you touched it. And fine, right. And it did sort of eventually uh, begin to warm up. Um, but while we were there, a couple of months after we, uh, after we got there, Tom, my first son, was born. And, uh, you know, we decorated um, a sort of nursery for him. It was at the front of the house. It had two external walls. <clears throat> and we thought ah, that's the reason why it's always cold uh, in there, it's colder in there than any other room in the house. The front door was immediately below. So we thought, yeah, that's, you know, you know, that'll do it. But it's it's a really nice room. And uh, he doesn't seem to be particularly bothered by the fact that it's cold. And of course, the entire house is cold. So, uh, so we thought, well, you know, we we'll live with it. Um, and we did, you know, he was fine. Um, but the house was sort of never really warmed up properly. So um, in those days, um, I can remember those long, you know, long gone days when you'd basically plug a phone into a socket and you have to sit next to it. Uh, and um, the, our phone socket was at the bottom of the stairs. You sit at the bottom of the stairs and there was always a draft coming down the stairs. Except when you tried to find the, where the draft was coming in, it wasn't. It was just drafty for whatever reason, um, you know, uh, my mother made big curtains to sort of hang in front of all the doors and that sort of thing, and that didn't seem to make very much difference either. And we thought, oh, just just a cold house, you know. Um, yeah, we live with it. Uh, and then two things happened. So um, after a year of uh, being in the house, I was ordained again. I was ordained priest. Uh, and I went off on a course to learn how to be a priest. And while I was away... Um, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, a couple of things happened in the house. Uh, Laura, when I got back said, it's awful. We need to do something about this house. Um, because, uh, you know, it's always been cold and dark and, but it's just sort of got worse and worse and worse. In fact, it was so cold that, uh, you know, Tom was crying. I went in to get, you know, you know see if he was all right. And, uh, it was like walking into an icebox. There was a sort of definite sort of cold, area around just around his cot you know when he walked away it was bit, you know you know, it was a bit warmer but um it was absolutely freezing and i was worried that he'd come to some harm because it was just so cold in there uh and uh you know that 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 was a bit weird uh and the, uh, then around the same sort of time one evening i um you know was getting ready to sort of go to bed went to the bathroom standing at the bathroom door just about to open the door when I sort of saw, um, but I didn't see because whatever it was was on the other side of the door. It was like sort of figure standing in front of me, person, man, um, wearing a sort of big mask, uh, like big wooden mask about sort of three feet in diameter, uh, and uh, with eye slits in it, uh, just glaring straight at me, um, and you know, sort of looking at me with hostility. And somehow I recognised that. You know, he was also a priest and, um, you know, sort of couldn't work out what was going on here. So sort of mustered up the courage, um, opened the uh, opened the bathroom door and there was nobody standing there. So I just, just sort of threw myself under the covers and uh, Laura said, you're right. Looks like you've seen a ghost. I said, well, I didn't see a ghost as such. Um, it just seemed to, you know, you know, and I explained what just happened. And she said, we need to get somebody in. So uh, my boss, uh, somebody called uh, um, somebody called Jeremy. He was the vicar. He lives in the big house. So uh, so he came along and he said, uh, "Yeah, okay, not a problem. Um, we'll you know sort of say some prayers. I'll splash some holy water around. Uh, it'll be fine." And that's what happened. <clears throat> so we said some prayers um he allowed me to follow him around the house he wouldn't let me see the prayers that he was using for some reason i think some of them might have been in latin as well and then he threw holy water at the walls we got back said the lord's prayer and that was it really um house suddenly became warmer and lighter and as if you know sort of a presence had been removed um we were then sort of Turning down the thermostat because we'd had the heating on, um, you know, sort of pretty much all the time, uh, and uh, it actually became quite a pleasant, pleasant place to live. So, you yeah. know, friends, uh, friends were coming around and saying, actually, you know, what have you done to it? Uh, we, we, you know, we sort of explain, yeah, don't believe a word of it. Um, but a couple of weeks after this happened, I was talking to one of the church wardens church ones instead sort of people who help health run churches and uh, he was saying do you like the house and they said yeah it's all right because it was by that stage it was all right uh and he said um the strange thing about this house he said when they were building the houses they disturbed a roman graveyard uh all oh, right he said at the edge of town he said the, the main road he said went you know went past there and they always buried the dead along the side of the main road, and that's what they found. He said, I've often wondered about those houses. Uh, I didn't tell him, and he almost certainly didn't know because the vicar wouldn't have told him anything. But I sort of, yeah, had something been disturbed, got no idea. But what it did was that it sort of, you know, sort of, basically, there is something to this. Uh, And uh, when I got... Well, I got an opportunity, went on a course, spoke to my bishop, who's the you know the ultimate boss, and he said, "Yeah, okay, you know that's uh, that's great. I'll put you on the team." And uh, I've never looked back. So I've been doing that for, well, you know, twenty-two years, or so. Wow.
0: <laughs> that's some story. Just, wow. Yeah. That, I was just looking around the the, the, the table while you you were, you were speaking, and, and jewels were were dropping down as in, "Wow, okay. this is." This is amazing. Um, so, yeah, I mean... <laughs> so Can I ask, the, the face that you saw
4: with the wooden mask, um, hmm. would you say that was something to do with the Roman area? Or...
3: Well, it could have been, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it, it was just that sort of impression of somebody standing there. And as I said, I didn't see, um, I didn't see it. You know, you know, sort of who it was. Uh, I knew that when I opened the door that there was somebody standing on the other side of the door. Don't ask me how. And, you know, they might, you know, so, so it could have been a figure to my imagination, but given what else was going on in the house, you know, that, that you know, you just sort of wonder how likely that was. Um, but I did wonder whether it was connected somehow to, you know, sort of, you know, sort of Roman sun-worshipping cult because it was like a sun mask. Yeah, who yeah. knows?
4: And was that one of the first uh, paranormal experiences that you had, or did you have prior? Uh,
3: Yeah, it probably was. Um, Yeah, I'd never really experienced anything like that before. I'd heard stories and, uh, you know, some, you know, some members of my family have got sort of uh, sort of slightly creepy stories about sort of, uh, you know, um, my great grandfather wandering through the shop at night and all that sort of thing. Um, But, um, yeah, um, you you know, it was the first sort of proper thing that I could sort of put my, you know, you know you know, sort of put my hand on and say, yeah, this, this seemed to be some sort of paranormal experience. Um, you know, I, I'd spook myself out loads of times. Um, the place where, um, my parents live and my father still lives, um, you know, they, they, they got, uh, you know, they sort of lived down a really dark lane, uh, and the garage was sort of beyond the house. So actually putting the car, car in the garage at night was actually sort of something that creeped me out absolutely every time but that was probably just my imagination because it was really really dark down
1: there. (gasps) Can can I ask Jason what what your thoughts were about this particular subject before you had that experience?
3: Um, In a sense I I probably got sort of open mind in some way. Um, When I was training for the ministry um, we were uh, you know, there was supposed to be a session on ministry of deliverance, as we call it, and um, so you know, sort of one of the things that was on the program. We just sort of meet on a Wednesday, you know, Wednesday afternoon, and talk about things that you you might experience when you're out, when you're out in the in the parish, and um, you know, uh, and but you know, we never did cover it, and uh, I think we asked the um, asked the principal why, because he was in charge of that bit of the course, and he said, uh, you know. Not really very much call for that, <laughs> um, which is sort of quite interesting because uh, I know that three or four of the people who were in college with me um, are now basically doing what I do. <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. I think he was wrong, but, uh, um, you know, but it was that sort of, um, you know, sort of liberal, rational, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, okay, we're, we're, we're sort of happy with the idea that God might exist, but don't push it too hard.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that, is that the general thought of, of, of the church itself? Do they kind of brush over it generally, do, do you think?
3: Um, this, sort of, uh, um, this sort of issue. Well,
1: <clears throat>
3: the fact that they continue to appoint people like me to sort out these things probably suggests that, you know, you know somewhere they do take it seriously.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, a lot of it is sort of left to individual vicars. So um, lots of people get in touch with me. Um, because, you know, I'm sort of fairly prominent. And um, so I send them to, you know, sort of, you know, I, I might have a conversation and say, have you spoken to your local vicar? And half the time they say, well, actually, my local vicar isn't interested or just telling me it's my imagination or sort of, you know, um, asking me whether I've taken my tablets and that sort of thing. I'm not on anything, you know. This sort yeah. of sort of, um, but, um, but one of the things that, you know, in a sense, we're, we're, we're trained to do is to sort of sort out, you know, what's likely to be a paranormal experience and what is the result of somebody who, who hasn't been taking their tablets. Uh, and, um, you know, in a sense, it's reasonably easy to tell the difference.
1: Okay. So do do you and your team that, that do this, yeah. do you have a sort of... Uh, a set criteria that you that you go out and abide by or again is it down to the individual on on sort of how you you judge um what, what's going on
3: right um oh, sorry. other phones sorry
1: <laughs> that's okay <laughs>
0: Yeah. It might be a job, somebody's yeah, job. So <laughs> <it. laughs> we need you now. We need you now.
3: Yeah, sorry about that. Right, um, do you want to ask the question again?
1: Uh, yeah, it was just um, interested in when you or any of the team go out. You know, when, when you get called out to to investigate,
3: um, mm.
1: do you abide by a certain set of criteria so that you're all sort of <laughs> singing off the same? Hem sheets, sheet, yes, if you exactly. like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. Or is it down to <coughs> each individual how you know your own your own methods?
3: Right. So what we do is, um, you know, we, we we usually go out in uh, go out in pairs and we have training together. Um, so uh, because I'm the you know, I'm the team leader, I'm also responsible for training. So everyone will have been on some sort of training, uh, and um, you know, and then what what will actually happen is that somebody will get in touch usually with me um so you know if they get in touch with the bishop bishop's office or something like that bishop's office will send them to me or a lot of the time people actually just get in touch with me directly um so i'll try to have a conversation with them about what's going on and um in a sense you know that you know that gives you some sort of idea of what sort of thing it's likely to be so we do get lots of people who will say uh i'm possessed Uh, And um, you know, you can you know the rule of thumb is that if somebody is telling a priest I'm possessed, I need to be, I, I need you to exorcise the demon. The chances are that they're not going to be possessed because if if you're entire being has been taken over by uh, an evil entity that evil entity is not going to allow you to basically wander into church or talk to your local vicar and say i need you to get rid of this thing it's a possibility but it's um highly unlikely uh and they're the sort of people who you know you know you sort of talk to them and uh you know at half the time they say well um yeah uh you know sort of yeah how do you why, why do you think you're possessed because I'm hearing voices. Have you spoken to your doctor? Yeah, my doctor told me that I was, you know, that I, uh, you know, to take some tablets. Uh, but I don't need the tablets because uh, I'm, um, I'm not mentally ill. I'm not psychotic. I'm possessed. And then you go round and round in circles. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, those are actually quite difficult to deal with because, um, quite clearly, you know, the chances of the person suffering from schizophrenia or something like that, if you're hearing voices, that's the most likely thing. Uh, and it's remarkably difficult, actually, sort of talking talking them into going and getting professional help um, because they will have convinced themselves that they are possessed rather than, you know, rather than mentally ill. Um, so, you know, uh, we encounter those sorts of people. Uh, we also encounter people who sort of um, have just spooked themselves out, to be honest, um so you know I remember when um you know you know the sort of one girl rang me and you know you had to talk about the sort of um fact that her um necklace was moving round uh, and she just did a ride with her boyfriend and there was a sort of electrical so it was all that sort of thing and I think she probably just picked herself out um occasionally that happens when people are on are on drugs as well that you know, you know sort of um, narcotics rather yeah. than um you know you know, rather than prescription medication, um, so that's another one to watch out for. Uh, well, you know, you know, the sort of real cases, in a sense, uh, are cases where more than one person has experienced the same thing. So um, sometimes somebody will sort of uh, um, sort of ring me up and say, "Okay, you know, we, you know, there's something weird going on in the house. Um, stuff's moving around, poltergeist activity." which we can come on to if you like, um, is, you know, you know, sort of is quite common. Most of the time, it's got nothing to do with the paranormal. It's it's a stress reaction, extreme stress reaction, but it's a stress reaction. Uh, But they might say that and, um, you know, sort of somebody's seen this. uh, Somebody else has seen it. uh, You know, we, we are all experiencing similar sorts of things and uh you know there is a consistency to what the family is experiencing can you do something about it and that's when you start sort of thinking actually maybe there is something to this case um so that's when you think actually this is you know um you know you know this is where we really need to go in and um you know sort of either with the holy water uh, or with um you know, sort of um, celebrate, celebrating the Eucharist, saying mass, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to call that, uh, and that will be a sort of slightly more, you know, you know, we we bless the house with holy water first, and then, um, you know, celebrating the Eucharist is, you know, would be the next thing, uh, would be the next thing that we do. Um, but you know, it, um, so in a sense, we're looking for consistency. Uh, we're also looking for likelihood as well. Um, so I can remember talking to talking to a family that was sort of, you know, you know talking about a ghostly presence of some guy with exceedingly long hair who was standing in the bathroom. And, you know, it just didn't make any sense at all because the, you know, the building that they were living in was brand new. It was in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it was a sort of council estate in one of these places where, where they just sort of stick people, you know, stick people out of the way in a mountainside um but uh, um you know but it was it was an entirely new house and there didn't seem to be anything there at all um you know you know they you know they were talking about this sort of guys then with really long hair and oh gosh yeah you know sort of unlikely in the extreme
0: <laughs> so, can i just ask as well jason i think we, we touched on this before we were referring to deliverance is, is that the same as an exorcism
3: Right. Okay. So um, uh, we try not to use the word exorcism because, um, or exorcist, because it conjures up all sorts of, you know, all sorts of images of uh, yes. Hollywood films and you know, sort of people turning up in um, black trilbies, like you know, like I do actually. <laughs> but, yeah, I've, uh, I've seen the front
2: cover of the book. Yes. I'd yeah, be yeah, disappointed but, but, if you didn't have one on. Yeah. <laughs>
3: but um, you know, yeah, but I don't always. And, you know, the chance that I'm arriving in these places in the car, they won't wear the trilby, you know. It's, uh, um, I just think I look good in it. That's why I wear it. You <laughs> do. I've seen uh, it, you do. <laughs> thank you. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, you, know, you know, we try not to use, use the word um, uh, exorcist. Um, exorcist because it conjures up, all, you know, all sorts of weird things. And an exorcism um, technically is when you are expelling a demon, um so you get something called a major exorcism if you are pretty much convinced that somebody is demonically possessed or you know you've you've been called in by medics to do a major exorcism that's basically what an exorcism is it's a sort of way of saying uh you demon go and get lost uh, slightly more elaborate than that, and probably yeah. wouldn't take that much longer to say. So the whole idea, of, you know, you know, the sort of Hollywood, um, you know, Hollywood film idea of you know an exorcism taking yeah. all night, uh, you know, probably take about twenty minutes, and that includes the cup of tea afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hey, Jason, uh, can
4: can I just ask you um, mm. in the like the paranormal um, TV shows and all that such like yeah. um, when we see about possessions, a lot of them are to do with, around uh, adolescent girls, Um, what percentage of them would you say, is that a true reflection of the possessions? Right,
3: right, I don't know of any, uh, you said, well, Anglican exorcist, who could say hand on heart that they have ever encountered somebody who is truly demonically possessed okay so is that to say though
0: that demons are not real are, are,
3: um, well in a sense you know um, no I'm not saying that it's, it's a sort of theoretical possibility so what we're looking for is three things uh, we're looking for um, somebody who's got preternatural knowledge uh, of you know sort of basically sort of if you walk in and somebody tells you know sort of comes up with something really embarrassing about you you know your sort of internet browsing history uh you know your gambling addiction uh whose bed you woke up in this morning that wasn't your wife that sort of thing uh okay you know that'd be one sign so um preternatural knowledge preternatural strength if that person could basically sort of throw the table at you. Uh, it's a big dining room table. That's, you know, that's another one. Um, and the third thing is a knowledge of languages that they've never studied. So, um, you know, if you're sort of talking to them and they come out with sort of colloquial Arabic or street Latin or wherever it is, um, you know, that would be another sign. And in a sense, we, we'd be looking for one of those. So those are quite extreme things. Um, and, uh, you know, there are a couple of cases. Um, You know, that are recorded where people have encountered sort of possibly one or the other. Uh, But most of the time, the person actually doing the exorcism has been less convinced than the medics because the chances are actually this would be in a psychiatric hospital, Mm. Um, that this isn't just a random thing. Uh, If you were experiencing those things, you would be in this sort of um, severe mental distress. Um, So, um, yeah, you know. You know the whole idea of teenage girls. If I were a demon, um, I wouldn't bother with a teenage girl. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd go for the prime minister. Yeah, or yeah. I think I'd go wrong. For, I know what you're
0: saying. Yeah, You go for somebody that you could control, and uh, a different somebody position. Somebody you
3: could control. Somebody you can. Know, well, what's the point in the, You know, sorry. You know, you know what's the point in sort of you know possessing a teenage girl. Because all they're going to do is sort of, you know, you know sort of make, make good TV. Uh, you know, you, you want to go for somebody, yeah, you know, you know, somebody really powerful, somebody really important, somebody with a lot of influence. Um, and just occasionally, you know, I, I listen to people doing this sort of thing, and I do wonder, oh, you know, you you do wonder whether somebody has sort of given themselves so wholly over over to badness, wickedness, evil, whatever you want to call that thing, that, hmm, where does that flip over into possession? Oh, who knows? So you know, you know. So that's quite an interesting thing. But uh, yeah, um, you know, you know, yeah, uh, you know, teenagers on your, yeah, you know, on your paranormal show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's probably probably more hysteria than anything else.
2: So am I right in uh, saying that I suppose most of the cases you call to, are either poltergeist or a haunting rather than a possession.
3: Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, as I said, you know, occasionally people would get in touch with me and say, uh, I need you to exorcise me right, because I'm yeah, possessed. Yeah. Uh, and then you get this sort of, you know, you just go round and round in circles. Uh, and, that you know, it can be really difficult to deal with. But what they need to do is to see their, you know, is to see their GP and, you know, actually to get, you know, to get some sort of professional help. And sometimes, actually, we, we will say, uh, I'm not prepared to see you. Until you have been to see your GP. And, um, you know, which is sort of, um, you know, sometimes they, you know, you know, they, they play ball. Um, the particular problem with it is that, um, you can go online and you can get a, you can get an exorcism online. And, um, you know, and they will basically tell you that you are possessed and therefore you need to be exorcised and therefore you need to pay them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and there is that sort of, you know, I, I've, I have spoken to people who've had multiple um, sort of over the phone or exorc- exorc- exorcisms by Zoom, uh, yeah, and yeah. then they find somebody else, but the somebody else will be better, but therefore more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really what they need to do... Is to you know you know it's to go down the mental health route. But some people are really, really reluctant to do that. Because, you know, you you would have to admit that uh, that there's that there's a problem with you rather than blaming something else. So for some people it's sort of easier to sort of say it's the demon who did it rather than I did it or whatever it is. Right, right. Okay.
2: Um, what I was gonna ask is, is... Um, the poltergeist activity is something you. Yeah,
3: okay. yeah, I, I
2: really, really research this a lot and I'm really interested in poltergeist. <laughs> Demons, I personally don't believe in anyway.
3: But, okay. But Fair
2: enough. What I was going to ask is have you ever encountered anybody that has got the three traits of a demon? Good like grief, no. No, no. no, so, no so I'm no. guessing then um, you were a bit on the border whether they exist or not then
3: yeah so so it's yeah it's a theoretical possibility um and but um so as i said it's the sort of thing that people you know, uh, the chaplain of uh, a mental health unit would be more likely to encounter um i remember talking to guy to a to guy fairly recently um who, who had been up one stage of chaplain in, 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 you know, in a psychiatric hospital, um, who was saying that, um, he had actually conducted an exorcism. Um, and you, you need to get the bishop's permission. But you, you can, you know, sort of, uh, um, so, um, the medics had said, we need to do this. Um, he got the bishop's permission. And the reason that they wanted to do it was so that she would respond to medication. So basically it was a case of, you know, actually we are going to perform a major exorcism. So they performed the major exorcism. It had the desired result for them, which was nothing, um, because it wasn't, you know, you know, she, she wasn't possessed. She was just, you know, she just needed to, you know, need to play ball with the, you know, with, with the, you know, with the medical team. Uh, and that was basically, you know, basically the result they were looking for. So the exorcism was performed. Knowing that it wasn't going to work and that therefore, you know, actually, you know, sort of if you were possessed, the exorcism would have worked. Now, you know, you know, sort of, you know, now we're in this place, please take your medication. Mm. That's like
0: the placebo effect, isn't it? Yeah, the placebo
3: yeah. effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, it, well, no, it wasn't a placebo effect. It was basically actually, you know, so, you know, so that after we've done this, you can still hear the voices, can't you? Right. Yeah. So you know, you know, sort of, yeah. you know, you know, almost the opposite because it, it was performed um, knowing that it wasn't going to work. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, if, if the placebo effect had worked, maybe they would have said, "Okay, fair enough." But it didn't. Um, you know, she continued to hear the voices because she was suffering from schizophrenia rather than from demonic possession. And you know, the hope was that she then responded and sort of started taking taking her tablets because you can't force, ultimately, people to take that out um, And if you're absolutely convinced that you're not mentally ill, you're possessed, that's really difficult. Um, okay, so, so you, you you were talking about uh, poltergeist activity, yeah?
0: Yeah, Twang, just he's fascinated with uh, poltergeist. <laughs>
3: right, okay. Right. My take on poltergeist activity is that it's uh, an extreme stress reaction, uh, and uh, it seems to... Uh, affect some people rather than others, um, some some age groups rather than others. So you tend to get in uh, again teenagers. Uh, you also get in people who are at the other end of life. So um, very often people who are um, sort of towards the beginning of Alzheimer's is the other you know is the other thing. But it can happen, you know, it can happen to anybody. So so I've, I've spoken to people who've. Um, being really stressed at work and they've, you know, sort of, uh, you know, there's stuff moving around the house. You say, well, actually, you know, what's, what's happening in work? I'm really stressed about blah, 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 this situation. And it's almost as if um, the energy, your energy, earths itself in a physical object. Um, classic example, um, I talk about this in my book, but it, it really is a classic example. Uh there was a mother and son who lived together. She was a single mother and uh, he was um, 17, 18. he was in sixth form college. Uh and I was in to go around um by mistake she'd run she she was trying to ring somebody else and she rang me. She was trying to ring a, a you know, another church and she rang me and happened to speak to the you know, as far as I was concerned, the right person. So she was a Roman Catholic. Um, the Roman Catholic priest had been in several times because um, there was a whole load of poltergeist activity happening in the house. Um, the, um, you know, the sort of bottles flying around the room and the cutlery, you know the cutlery drawers rattling and that sort of thing and shoes moving around. It's always shoes. Don't ask me why. It's always shoes. So the shoes moving around. The Roman Catholic priest had come in and sort of said, Okay, yeah, um, this is caused by a ghost. So, um, has anybody in the house, you know, because there are only two of them anyway, um, ever used a Ouija board? Because that that might have let something through. Um, and uh, they said, well, no. And the tree, tree sort of asked uh, asked around. And it turned out that her brother had once used a Ouija board. So she fell out with her brother. She 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 she. You know, you know, she was quite an um, angry, sort of, falling out person. Uh, so she fell out with her brother over it, banned her brother from the house, never come here again, you blah, 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 because you're bringing ghosts with you because you do boards, all this sort of thing. Um, but it, it, it kept happening. And uh, the Roman Catholic priest went around a couple of times and, uh, you know, so sort of nothing seemed to work. Um, so uh, she decided to call somebody else when. One one day, um, she and her son were having a row, or rather, she was rowing at her son. So, sullen teenager standing at the top of the stairs, uh, his mother is giving him everything she's got, Uh, and uh, you know, she, um, yeah, she, she, she was, you know, sort of, uh, you know, both barrels and you know, hand grenade, you know, you know, being lobbed in, and he's standing there and taking it. And while she was doing it, her vase exploded. she's got this big blue glass vase. apparently it was the one thing she got left, left from her mother it was on the um, it was on the uh, the shelf behind her. she hadn't touched it she hadn't been anywhere near it, and it just exploded so uh, she explained what happened and I thought, okay right, here we go what what, what my Reading of the situation was nothing to do with ghosts. Uh, Ouija boards, yeah. Um, sorry, yeah. I, I don't don't really believe that Ouija boards let anything through. Um, it's 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 a sort of parlor game. Anyway, you know we can go come back, come back to that one if you like. And that um, basically what had happened was that the tension has built up so much um, that basically his angst, his resentment, his sullenness. Uh, had built up to such an extent that basically it earthed itself in her vase. Right.
4: Um,
3: so we went around, blessed the house, and sort of, you know, suggested that maybe she ought to take it a bit more easy on her son. Um, she didn't come back to us. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
4: um,
3: but, um, you know, but that's, you know, you know, that was a sort of classic podcast thing where, uh, you know, there wasn't any sort of paranormal presence. And because the Roman Catholic priest would sort have of banished. Whatever you know, ghost, you know, sort of haunting stuff. Whatever it was, that would have gone with you know, with what he'd done. There was still an issue, and the issue, I think, was between them. But you could feel the tension when you walked into the house. When she spoke about him, she was just sort of, you know, sort of really angry. He wasn't in the room. He was upstairs, asleep in bed, as it happened, and had to bless the house with, you know, you sort of walk into walk into a bedroom. Fortunately, had to um um a female colleague with me at the time and you think actually you know he's you know you know he there were bare limbs poking out from under the duvet and you think gosh this is you know <laughs> deeply you know deeply embarrassing and and you know deeply inappropriate as well and uh, so uh, you yeah. know excuse me i'm just going to Splash holy water really quickly from here. <laughs> right, splash. And right, thank you.
1: Have, have, um, have you yourself yeah. ever witnessed any any paranormal activity, Jason? Have you witnessed anything moving or...? No, no? I haven't.
3: Um, I, uh, people have shown me footage of it. Okay. Um, so there was um, somebody, oh gosh, who um, she'd photographed, uh, she'd, she'd filmed her, uh, again, it was a necklace or a chain or something like that. Um, she, she'd filmed it moving and I, you know, I had to sit there and watch it, you know, and it mm. was sort of, yeah, okay, yes, it was definitely moving. And, you know, sort of two minutes of sitting there watching a train moving, uh, can seem like two hours. Yeah, mm. you know, sort yeah. of, gosh, it's terribly exciting. It's got, it's paranormal activity, it's poltergeist activity. You think, yeah, actually, this is look look it's still moving yeah, I can see it's still moving, yeah that's that's great I want to sort out why it's moving rather than the fact that it is moving mm-hmm. um, and uh yeah, you know you know occasionally people will uh want to show me something like that and okay, fine, yes, yeah, I can see that that did move that did happen, but what I'm trying to work out is what what's causing it, whether it's angst, whether it's uh, in the case of the story that the Sunday Times got hold of, whether it was a guy who was dying of cancer and, you know, his sort of, he, he, his mental anguish in a sense was sort of throwing, uh, throwing stuff around his kitchen. Mm. Um, you know, which was, you know, you know, it's quite, you know, you know, quite an interesting thing. Um, but, you know, they, you know I'm, I'm quite happy with the fact that these things happen. I want to sort out why it's happening, and I want to stop it happening.
0: Mm. Can I just ask you as well, Jason, I mean, obviously mm. you, you carry out your deliverance service. Is there, is there ever talk of, like, kind of um, an, an elite group of kind of, you know, it goes higher up the chain that, that you know, kind of people get involved in, uh, cases that are kind of kept away from the public?
3: Not really. So, um, each diocese, so, so diocese is the equivalent of a county. Um, so each, it's, it's the, it's the area that's sort of, you know, um, uh, under the, under the authority of a bishop. So, uh, each diocese will have a team usually of deliverance ministers. Um, for a whole load of reasons, mainly to do with insurance, uh, we tend to do all of the work. Because, um, nor, you know, years ago, um, basically your local vicar would go around and do it. Um, if the local vicar is going to do that, they have to do so under our supervision. And most of the time they're just to ring us up and say, okay, this is yours. Off you go. I don't, you know, you know, just report back afterwards. Uh, but that's for insurance purposes rather than anything else. So the deliverance team will do most of the work in the diocese, but for that reason, uh, we're also trained and, um, you know, we, we, we try to take it seriously. So uh, I've spoken to sort of vickers before who said, well, actually, the whole thing's a complete hoax. You know, if you've got a cold spot in your room, it's quite clearly, you know, because the radiators need bleeding. And having lived in a house where there was a genuine cold spot, Nowhere near a radiator and the radiators have been bled and the radiators were pumping out heat and it didn't make any difference. I know that that's not true. Um uh, yeah, And that these things do actually work. Um But uh, no, no, there isn't an elite. Um You know, just occasionally people will try to treat me as some sort of, you know, sort of wonder worker. Um So I got sort of, you know, somebody the other day, um, you know, yeah, we need you to do this because... Uh, nobody else is good enough and I'm thinking well actually yeah no that's not true you know you need to engage with your local people
2: Um, so you said earlier on just tracking back that there's usually a pair of you that go to each each investigation yeah so is the other person with you part of the church or can it be anybody if not do do you need a friend to come with you because I'm available (laughs) (laughs) right
3: Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, um, we, you know, the other person will almost always be part of the team uh, because they will also be trained, and it's really useful to have somebody else with you. Um, so uh, basically, what happens is that somebody, um, you, know, you know, somebody leads. It, 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 it's usually me, but it isn't always. Um, and then the other person will observe. And uh, the other person, interestingly, will pick up all sorts of interesting things that I've missed. Yeah. So, um, you know, there was one case that um, I was dealing with once when um, my colleague picked up the fact that there, there were scratch marks on the doors. Um, right. And, you know, you know, the sort of why are there scratch marks? He said, to you, you saw the scratch marks on the doors? I said, uh, no, I didn't. He said, Hmm quite interesting he said a lot of the locks were busted as well so the um you know he couldn't actually close the doors um and uh okay right now we didn't notice that um and it was so, so so we were called around again and actually this guy it wasn't paranormal he was suffering from manage from anger management issues so he was scratching the door himself
2: <laughs> Right. Yeah. and
3: he was Basically, you know, you know, sort of pushing the doors open. There might have been some podcast activity as well, but that was probably narcotic induced, <laughs> um, rather than anything else. So, um, yeah, in terms of sort of, you know, yeah, who goes, um, so, so it'll be us, uh, where it's formed of secrecy, actually. Um, it's, uh, it's something that we, we, we don't talk about. Um, which is, of course, why I'm talking to you about it. I just need to um, say, <laughs> we've,
0: we've had 42 minutes
1: of not talking,
3: about it. <laughs> 42 minutes of not talking about it. So, um, right, right. Basically, you know, you know, there are protocols that we all work with. One of them is it will be done with a minimum of publicity. Uh, and this has traditionally been interpreted as we're not going to talk about it at all. Um, nobody, you know, nobody's going to mention it. Uh, most people don't know. The, the Anglican Church, Church of England, Church in Wales that I'm part of, you know, sort of, it's remarkably similar, basically operates this service. Um, and um, in a sense, because I got outed by the Sunday Times, because they got hold of a story about me and they, they sensationalized it. And they said, this is what we're going to publish. I said, that didn't happen at all. Well, actually, what did happen? And it was a boring poltergeist story um but uh but they, they they outed me so everyone knows who i am and what i've agreed to do is basically to sort of say you know yeah i'll tell my story so that when people need help instead of going online and trying to get help from somebody who's going to charge them you know sort of 50 quid you know 50 quid resume call but they might actually come to us because we can probably help them what what what's really frustrating is um, you know, you sort of talk to somebody and they've been absolutely everywhere. You know, they sort of consulted online mediums, they consult consulted uh, you know, was a guy guy was uh, you know, sort of talking to recently, he'd been sort of he'd been consulting people internationally and uh, you know and they all charge. Whereas actually uh, on the ground you have a sort of team of people who will come around and basically sort it out. Uh, we don't charge, in fact um, we don't even take mileage um, because it's just sort of you know we we don't want even to be seen to be charging if that makes sense. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
4: So
3: you know you know you will quite happily sort of go out and do stuff and uh, you know yeah you know the mileage will come out of your sort of general you know general expenses but you know uh, you know if somebody offers me twenty quid for twenty quid for petrol I will not take it. Um, because we uh, you know, because we don't charge, so that's a sort of minimum publicity thing but what what it does mean is that individual cases um, so I won't talk about details and I won't reveal identities yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. Sorry, but it, it, yeah, it was a nice ride. I'd love to date you with me, but I
1: can't. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, with that that was a nice letdown, so yeah, none was, of yeah. us are on the team, basically. That yeah. that's, that's a bit yeah. disappointing,
0: isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jason? Uh, I think we've kind of come towards the end of the, the interview. Yeah. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, mate, we've, we've had a fantastic time, um, learned an awful lot. I think it's good that we can get out to the listeners as well Thanks. exactly what it is that, that you, you were providing your service and that there's that help out there for people if they need it, whatever their circumstances are. So uh, just quickly, would you like to mention where people can get your book deliverance from?
3: Right, um, yeah, you can buy it from uh, good bookstores or um, Amazon's probably probably the easiest place to get it. Um, so, um, but yeah, yeah, you can order it through your bookstores. Um, some some of the bigger branches of Waterstones will sell it as um, well. Uh, if you go to Waterstones in Wrexham, they may even have some of the uh, you know some of the signed copies left. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know it's available from Amazon. It's available as an audiobook. Uh, which i recorded myself so um it's been uh the five-star rating from the insomniacs society okay. <laughs> Sorry.
1: you've
0: got four
3: insomniacs sitting on the table <laughs> <laughs> okay so so you know you know you can get it on audible and uh, it's also available as an e-book as well
4: also also jason do you have a this might be a stupid question but do you have a website
3: no, I don't. Yeah, I, don't um, I thought you would. Yeah. I thought you were going to try to sell me one. Do you want <laughs> I one? Know. Do you want one? No, <laughs> I want one. <laughs> no, if, somebody did once suggest that I ought to have one, but no, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I've got a Twitter account, but uh, you know, yeah, I've got a website. Uh, in fact, I'm wondering about... Whether I stay with the Twitter account, because I'm not sure about Elon Musk, but that's another matter.
0: <laughs> well, Jason, like I say, thank you so much again for, for coming in and speaking to us. No. Uh, we've all thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, brilliant. And um, take care of yourself, no, and we'll speak to you again at some point in the future.
1: Thank you, Jason. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure.
3: Thank you very much for having me on. Okay, cheers. Thank you. Bye. Thank Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Wow. Okay, guys, how was
2: that?
4: Yeah, that was great. That was
2: brilliant.
1: Fantastic. Very interesting. What, what I did like
2: about it was is he sort of Marie laughed at me when I said the more I investigated, the more I researched it, poltergeist activity, the more sceptical I become. Yeah. And he's he's just hit on the head, auntie he, There, he's the same. I think.
0: Well, I'll be honest with you. My eyes are opening already. And we're only on episode two, so that's yeah. that's that's pretty good. We yeah. we might uh, find out more things as we get online. Great guy, they wanted to speak to. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. 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 What a voice as well. they've got a fantastic voice, auntie yeah. yeah. Very yeah, soothing. He doesn't sound like a stokey. <laughs> he really doesn't sound like a stokey. I think
2: he is missing. Uh, a twang to go and investigate.
0: With him though, I think. He, he, he really needs a twang. But like I say, fantastic bloke. <laughs> uh, and I think next week, uh, what we're going to do next week is we're going to go back to it, uh, sat around the table with us for talking about something else strange from around the world. Uh, and then maybe a couple of weeks after that, we might get another guest on. We've got four or five still lined up, but we want to kind of pace it out so that we can, uh, we can get to know you all as well as you get you know, to know the, uh, the guests that we have on. So uh, for me, uh, thanks a lot for listening again, guys.
4: Yeah, um yeah, see you from me. Um also Damon, don't forget we've got quite a few interesting people who come to the Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 of course, there.
0: yeah. The the Ghost Hunting Society. Uh, uh, all the guys here, we've got it's about about twenty five people I think that are you yeah, know. They've all got different yeah, skills we've, and we've got some we've got some great people there. We've got we've got um uh, let's name a few. We've got Dave, aren't we? Dave's gonna be a good guest for us. Um we've got um Glennis. Oh, yeah, Glennis would be fantastic to talk to. Um, we,
1: We've got Faye. She's yeah.
4: she's
0: a, yeah. Yeah, for Faye. Knowledge, yeah. Yeah, Mark, hypnotherapy. Mark, you're again, this hypnotherapy. I'm fascinated with that. I'd like to get regression done with him. That'd be really good. But there's, there's lots and lots of people out there. Uh, and so perhaps next week we can get one of them guys come up and have a chat. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Like I say thanks a lot then, guys, for listening. Uh, from me, it's goodbye. Yeah.
1: Thanks very much. You take care. Bye bye.
2: And it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.